Welcome to the ValeoCon Commercial Excellence Podcast. My name is Arne Butman. I'm a partner with ValeoCon in the U.S. Our guest today is KP Jimming, and our topic is digital business transformation. For the benefits of our listeners, KP, would you mind introducing yourself? Absolutely. Thank you, Arne, for inviting me to this podcast. And I'm a little bit of my own background. As you might hear, I still have a slight Dutch accent. Born and raised in the Netherlands many, many years ago, living in the U.S. for 11 years. And I've been in this area between sales, marketing, supply chain, leveraging technologies for almost 25 years now. I'm a thought leader and guest speaker at many conferences as well. And nowadays, the topic we call is digital business transformation. Wonderful. Thank you, KP. So, I mean, let's dive right in. So, in the context of life science, marketing, and sales, what does digital business transformation mean to you and mean to people who work and live in that space? That's a great question, especially right now, digital business transformation. It's a little bit of a buzzword. It's a very modern word, which a lot of organizations like to use. And I think let's start with clarifying what it exactly is and, and go from there. And then I can frame the context and what it means for the life sciences industry as well. I think digital business transformation, there are three different nomenclature words which come to place. One is digitalization which means if you take something analog and you convert it to digital, for example, in zeros and bits and bytes. A great example of the form is taking a handwritten form and make an online form out of that, for example. Or if you compare it to the music industry, take an LP or a video and make that a VHS tape out of it or a DVD out of it, those kind. And a step further is digitalization, and that's where you start connecting many small steps in a process and make a digital process out of that as well. The best example there is when I was growing up many, many years ago, Internet didn't exist. Everything we wanted to communicate was by postal mail. Nowadays, we call it snail mail. And in order to digitalize that, we use an email right now for doing that. And then the third step is through digital transformation, digital business transformation. And that refers to a customer-driven strategic approach where you put the patient and the customer, the end user of your product in the center of your business processes. So make sure that you have a good understanding of what he or she needs and you build a product, services, paid and non-paid, transactional or subscription-based model out of that, for example. And that's what digital business transformation really means. All those three aspects I just mentioned are related to each other. It's not that you just say, let's start doing business transformation today out of the blue. No, you have to take a little better look for what can you do, what do you want to do, and then build a roadmap around that as well. And in life sciences, then, for example, if you think about yourself as a end user or a patient, and the first thing is when you get sick or you have something where you're not comfortable with, what do you do? You go to Google or you ask Siri or Alexa or any of those devices and say, hey, what does that mean? And that's where the whole journey already started in digital business transformation. Find, make sure that people can find what they're looking for, guide them to the right professional, health professional, prepare them for that. This first visit, second visit, after they are diagnosed, help them to get back to the quality of life they had prior to being diagnosed. That's digital business transformation. I hope it was clear. It's a long story, but... <laughs> Thank you. And as you said, it's a buzzword. There are many definitions out there, so I, I like this three-step approach, which in a way is also a little bit of a maturity, is that right? That's correct, yes. Especially when you think about maturity, becoming a digital-led organization does not happen overnight, especially not in the life science industry. 
it takes a culture change mentality there as well, because basically you have to start thinking digital first and traditional marketing or sales or operations as a second step. So how can you engage with your professionals, healthcare professionals, your distributors, your wholesalers, and patients in a digital way, also with your suppliers in a digital way? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen overnight. It takes many, many years and culture change in your organization to start driving that whole idea and process. Yeah. So you mentioned already culture change. You mentioned stronger engagement with customers, healthcare providers. How would you summarize the benefits that life science companies expect from such efforts, but also what benefits do you see that some of the more pioneering companies have already realized? Very often, there are multiple benefits. One is that you have repeat buyers of your products. If you take a medication, if you ask a physician for a branded product, the majority of the physicians will prescribe that branded product if it fits your treatment of care, for example. So that's one aspect you have, there for sure. The other thing is if you are using a medication or a product in medical device, pharmaceutical, or any kind of thing as well, if you need it on a regular basis, you can start doing predictive analytics and start predicting when they need something new or replenishment and start communicating in such a way to say, hey, based on our information, you might have a need for X, Y, and Z. And then start even doing the coupons or discount codes to build this end-user relationship as well. That's one thing. So you can build an end-user branded relationship with the end-user and the patient. And on the flip side, if there's, you see something where they are outliers in their body, patterns or diagnostic patterns, you can learn, for example, the, the healthcare team as well, that, hey, there are outliers here, what we see, maybe it's time that you as a physician contact your patient and see, ask him a few more questions or ask him for a visit and make sure that he or she is doing well. And that's the key element. Another element is physicians normally are driven by the more people they come to their practice, the more revenue they can make as well. So how can we early identify potential patients and send them to the right physician, healthcare professional as well, and go from there and guide them through the process, lead management, lead generation, but also prepare them for those visits as well. And thirdly, if you really want to start sophisticating it is, depending on your device or your product yourself, if you can use data points in it or tracking AI, for example, or geolocations, all those kind of things, app-based products, you can even do go further and do predictive analytics and along those lines and help the end user even more. So there's a lot of different ways you can have benefits, mainly the all long-term relationship building with a manufacturer and a supplier. You have been in this field for many years now. So what are some of the examples of outcomes that you see today where, I don't know if you go back 10 years where I would say, oh my gosh, I would have never believed that is possible or that we can do that. For example, if I go back five, ten years, which I really was a little bit skeptical about, is that how many people can you create awareness with about certain medical conditions and clarify it? And then if they do that in a non-branded way and then guide them to the right healthcare professional or physician to get diagnosed the right way as well. I was surprised that ten years ago that we were able to do it. Now we can do it. There's no intrusion because everybody goes online anyhow. If I look at myself, my parents, they didn't grow up with the Internet. They use Internet very sporadically. If I look at our son, and he's a teenager, the first thing he does is he grabs his phone or tablet and goes online and starts Googling or looking for information. So the influence of that whole aspect becomes more and more going forward as well. Ten years ago, we didn't do it. 
now we're doing it, and now we can guide him through the whole user and customer journey as well to make him or she aware of what's going on and where to go to get the best treatment of care. I think that's a really powerful. And then connected and mind-like people who have the same conditions or therapeutic areas to build a community around that to help and support each other to come back on their feet. Ten years ago, I was never thought about building those kind of things. But nowadays, I do. Yeah. How much of the business transformation do you think has actually the goal in itself to become more digital versus where actually digital more an enabler or an accelerator of the way business gets done? Do you see that? I see that you have the industry disruptors who are new to the market. They don't have a history like the larger pharmaceutical medical device companies who exist for many, many years. And the new ones, they just go and do digital only. And there was one example, one was in was a wound care company who, and the only way they sold their products was digitally in a certain market only. And within four or five years, they were able to get to 20% market share. And they didn't have salespeople on the ground. They didn't do any printed brochure. They just did digital only. And after four or five years, the other companies in that same segment, they finally started to realize that they had a competitor on the marketplace and they were not able to counteract with that. So you see the new ones have less history. They just go digital first. They grab the attention of the market in a couple of years' time. And then you'll see the older and more established companies, they have to react to it and try to scramble and try to change their minds and their behavior and culture to become digital as well, which takes a lot of time. And What does it take from your perspective, to transform your business powered by digital and data? There are many different areas. One is the main understanding is that it's going to take five to ten years if you're lucky. It might even take longer depending on how fast you're going. It takes a long time to go. The second aspect is it's going to take some investment as well in technology, in people, in processes. So there's not a direct ROI in the first period of time. The ROI will be in the long run, but in the short run, it's going to cost you money. Because you need to collect data, you need to analyze data and make sense out of it, and then you have to come up with some creative ideas, stuff pioneering and changing your business behavior and business processes as well. So it takes time to do it. It takes trial and error to do it as well. But start nimble. Start with a small project and show success and go from there. Don't try to do everything in one go because it's not going to work. Small, consecutive projects, three to six months, will get you where you want to go. And if you fail along the way, With one of those ones, that's fine. You could say it's a lesson learned. Let's try a different way and go from there. So it's really taking a more agile, iterative approach. What are some of these concrete first projects or initiatives that you have worked on in, in your career? There was a couple of them, what, what I did. One was also where we trying to connect with the end users and not selling our product directly, but we came up with a way to come up with accessory products And by start selling accessories to the same end segment, you were able then to connect with the end patient and then start upselling, cross-selling your own product devices, which were that you could sell over the counter or via e-commerce as well. Another one is if you can start selling directly, you can start selling on Amazon. You can create your own e-commerce store. Again, you can look on the accessory side of it or the main product itself, as long as it's something which the end user sees the value of doing that as well. So if you look at companies who are on this journey already for a while. So how do they look differently? What do they do differently than companies who are very much in the early beginnings? I'm a firm believer of maturity models, and you can create your own digital maturity model. 
But every model has certain phases in there and certain behaviors. For example, if you're just beginning it, you do a lot of tactical digital marketing. Your website does not have any kind of call to action. You don't drive any traffic to it. You still do a lot of trade shows, but the trade shows are only promoted by your sales rep. There's no digital component of that. Those are very tactical, that's beginning stages of a journey. Versus where you really want to see it where it's very mature, the marketing plan is mainly composed of digital marketing elements. You do all kinds of different email marketing programs depending on the user itself. Where is your senior user journey? Is it a buyer? Is it a relative? Is it a wholesale? Is it a distributor? Or is it somebody who drops out of a shopping cart, for example? The data is all connected. The data from what kind of emails you're sending out or what kind of pages they visit on your website or on social media, how they reach out. Are you using Twitter or social media or Facebook programs to connect with them? Or do you have your own blog or community page? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of different areas, but it has to be integrated. The main ones who are more mature and more, it's all integrated. First, the ones who are just starting, it's all one-off campaigns. It's all, there's no clear measurement, there's no iteration. The data is all scattered around the multiple systems. And then you have three or four different phases in between. And depending on how large the organization you can have a different maturity level for one business unit versus the order for one market versus the order as well, depending on the, the skill sets and the capability of that market or business unit. In terms of Starting such a journey, you already mentioned that definitely a lot about picking some concrete initiatives and then succeed fast or learn fast. Mm-hmm. And what else does it take to start digital to business transformation? So the way I know is let's make sure everybody understands what it means. So level set your senior management on what does it really mean? What is digital business transformation? Like it's a buzzword as well. Let's make sure you put some some meat around that bone. What does that mean? And what does it mean for you as a company in your industry? Once everybody's clear on what it means, let's define a digital strategy or business transformation strategy, which is aligned with your business strategy and have a three to five year component out as well. And Once that is all there, so you know where your starting point, you know where you want to go, and then let's start driving this culture change as well. Bring a group of people together who are interested from marketing, sales, IT, customer service, supply chain, R&D, anybody who has an interest in digital, bring them together as a core group and start spreading and piloting ideas. And let the group define where they want to go. And finally, make sure you're bringing the right vendors. Don't reinvent the wheel. And bring in companies like ourselves or yourself as well, and make sure you connect. Bring a vendor ecosystem together so you can iterate much faster as well. And granted, if it doesn't work after three months, you can say goodbye to your vendor. You can focus on something else. In the beginning, focus on external norms and experience. And after a year or two years, when you become more mature, then you can start insourcing those resources as well, for example. What do you see as pitfalls that you have experienced in your own life and what do you see with other companies, but also then, of course, the question, how can you avoid them or address them at least? Some of the pitfalls is that people think, oh, it's an IT project. It's not a project. Changing this is transformation. It's not a project. It's a large program or strategic initiative. Don't think it's IT only. No, it's not IT. IT is IT is in component of it because you needed to drive a lot of the product programs and processes. The IT is a enabler to get to digital business transformation. So it's not an IT project, it's not a project, it's a long term program. And people somehow realize, oh let the IT folk figure it out. 
that's not right. It's a collective effort. And then the, mainly they, they underestimate the, the effort it's going to take from everybody on the senior management seat as well, where they have to reinforce the message. This is where we're going. This is what it means. We're not going to restructure the whole organization, but we might go to change processes, and maybe you have to do something differently today versus yesterday in your current job because it impacts everybody. It's a, it's mm-hmm. Timing is an issue. It's the cross-functionality is, is always a bit full, I see. And culture change is hard. It's not easy to do that. No. Life science, obviously, is an industry that comes in much later in this whole. There, as you said, that there are definitely disruptors or pioneers from other industries. What encouraging recommendations can you give life science companies, even though they are much later in the game? Life science is very traditional market and industry is also there. And the pain is not always there to change. If you have good margins, you make good profit as an organization, why change it? And of course, you have to go out of your company. You have to look broader than your own product. You have to look at the whole, at the person and make the person an individual with a persona and give it a name and a face. So something that's scary for a lot of people as well is say, hey, I focus just on the product and that's what it is. But this is the product is being used by somebody and the person needs to have a name and a face. And life scientists sometimes have a little more difficulty doing that, that they make it very approachable and personable, for example. But there is hope because we have to change. That's true. Because the market is changing and we're not changing, then I'm quite sure regulatory bodies will force us to make a change at a certain point in time. Or there will be market disruptors coming to this place because the margins are high, the market is big, and they will disrupt us. So do you want to be disruptor? So do you want to be disruptor or do you want to be disrupted? That's the main question we have to ask ourselves. Start early, take it easy, don't reinvent the wheels, but be ready for a very long, windy road if you want to start transforming your organization. And bring in some experts and go from there. Don't try to reinvent the wheel because you think you know better than everybody else. Very good. Thank you very much, KP. Thanks for being a guest on our podcast. If you like this podcast, please also listen to the other episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes. Thank you very much.